morning, everybody. We're going to continue to make our way through the wisdom writings of the Bible today, um, the Old Testament books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. And today I want us to focus on one simple verse. This is Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Let's pop this up on the screen if we can. It says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. It's a very short verse, but it inspired a very large title for my, my sermon today, and we can pop that up on the screen if we can. The Gospel According to Beyonce, A Really Sad Snowman, and Everyday Superheroes, Some Thoughts on Hope, okay? So, hope is such an important item for us. We just really don't function well as humans without it. Pearl Buck famously said, to eat a piece of bread without hope is to still slowly starve to death. And that is so true. I found that to be so true. A couple of years ago, um, there was a greyhound race. And if you've never seen greyhound races, they let the dogs out of the blocks and they chase after a mechanical rabbit. And I used to tell the story to our middle school kids all the time. And because it's fascinating, they really want to catch the rabbit, but they never do, and yet they chase it every time. In this one particular race, the rabbit malfunctioned halfway through the race. It just hit a glitch and stopped, and you know, know, electric wires (laughs) would cross. Something happened, but it just stopped right there. The greyhounds didn't know what to do about this. Some of them just laid down on the track instantly. Others wandered up into the stands to try to find their owners. And some of them actually started fighting one another. That's what happened. I thought, that's a perfect picture of what happens to humans without hope. If we don't have hope, some of us just get apathetic. We want to quit. Some of us wander spiritually. And others of us just get grumpy and irritable and start fighting with the people around us. So today, I want us to focus on hope, specifically what is hope, what brings hope, and the fact that we are hope. So first of all, if you're taking notes, what is hope or the gospel according to Beyonce? The dictionary defines hope like this, to desire something with anticipation, to desire something with anticipation. That's a great start, but we can't stop there. Because the Bible defines hope in a much bigger, broader way. It's much bigger, according to the Bible, than just that warm, fuzzy feeling that fills you when you're looking forward to something good or important to happen to your life. In fact, one of the Hebrew words for hope in the Old Testament means a cord or an attachment. Now we're cooking, okay? Now we're cooking. Because in this life, it's really important for us to remember who we are, remember our identity, but it's vitally important that we remember whose we are because our attachment to God is hope for us. You'll discover this in your journey with God. The first thing the Holy Spirit imparts every day into your heart is love. And the next thing the Holy Spirit imparts into you is hope. Knowing that this unseen force is caring for you, that deep down you're being gathered and loved and held, attached as if by a cord to this power that is greater than you are. That is the definition of hope. And Beyonce knows this, okay? I'm not a big fan of her music, but she knows this, all right? She had a short, um, it's like, she has an album called Lemonade, but she also has a short movie on HBO called Lemonade, and part of the lyrics go like this. When your back gets against the wall and your wall gets against your back, who do you call? 
you got to call him. you got to call Jesus. you got to call him because you ain't got no other hope. Beyonce knows it. The attachment is the hope. And that's what you got to remember. That's a great definition of hope. An attachment as if by a cord to a power that's greater than us. Another thing that helps us to find hope is this. It's the opposite of despair. We live, I said this before, in a dynamic universe. A universe that's still in the process of being created. The universe and our souls, for that matter, are constantly changing, unfolding, growing, evolving, and expanding. All right, But despair comes in like an evil villain. The voice of despair says, the only reality in your life is stagnation. Today is going to be just like yesterday, and tomorrow is going to be just like today. Today was bad. Today was filled with trouble. Tomorrow is going to be filled with trouble. It's just going to be endless monotony and repetition. And that's the voice of despair. Hope comes in and says, no way, baby. No way, not even close. Things are going to change. Things are going to grow. Hope says that our lives are actually going to end up aligning with the vitality that we see in the universe around us. That's what the voice of hope says to us. And by the way, if you ever find yourself waking up and you're depressed that day, and there's a lot of us, including myself, that wrestle with depression, and if you're feeling depressed because you're listening to the the lie of the voice of despair too often in your life, let me tell you one helpful thing to do. There's a lot of things to do, but one really helpful thing to do is this. Do something new that day. Do something new. I know it sounds simple, but do something new. Take a new route on your walk. Drive a new way to work. Watch a new show on television. Cook a new recipe. Listen to a new song. Invent a new dance move. Nobody's watching. Just try it, okay? Why would I tell you to do this? Because it's actually powerful. Because doing something new reminds you that the voice of despair is a liar. Things can change. They just did change. I just did something new, okay? The universe is unfolding, and so am I. So am I. That's when hope comes to you. I want to put up a quote by one of my favorite authors. Rob Bell writes a book called What We Talk About When We Talk About God. And if you haven't read that, you probably should. And he says this, when we talk about God, we're talking about that sense you have, however stifled, faint, or repressed it is, that hope is real, that things are headed somewhere, and that that somewhere is good. Yeah, I love that. Listen, the scary, awful things in life are real, but hope is real too. Don't let the voice of despair convince you any different. Hope is very real. Second of all, let's go to what brings hope or a really sad snowman, which I'll tell you about in a little bit. There's a commercial I just saw. I was watching a show and a commercial popped on and I didn't get up to get something to eat. I actually watched it because it was a commercial about ice cream and I really like ice cream. I enjoy ice cream. And this is an ice cream that they've branded. They mark it as ice cream for adults. And it showed this really forlorn guy in an ice cream truck and two little kids coming up to him to try to get some hope about their newfound love relationship. And he just fills them with despair and so does his first customer, another guy. And then the jingle comes on and it says, ice cream for adults because adults need a lot of ice cream. And the main gist of it is, hey, there's really no hope in this world without ice cream. Ice cream is what will bring you hope. Now, I like ice cream as much as the next person, probably a little bit more than the next person, okay? But ice cream doesn't fill my heart with hope. 
It's wonderful, and it's a pretty good Band-Aid on some bad days, but it doesn't fill my life with hope. But there are a lot of sources in this world that can bring hope to us. So if you're struggling with hopelessness today, oh, I hope you'll hear me on this. The first one I want to mention to you are sayings. Sometimes you read or even hear something, and as soon as you hear it or read it, hope comes rushing into your heart. It's absolutely amazing. I want to share a few sayings like that that have ignited hope in my life, okay? The first one is this. We'll pop these up on the screen. I want God to play in my bloodstream the way sunlight amuses itself on the water. That filled me with hope on a day, on one particular day. I read that, and it filled me with hope because I thought, that can happen. That kind of joy is still available somehow in my life, and it filled me with hope. The next one is a scripture out of John chapter 1. We should rehearse this scripture every day of our lives throughout eternity. A light has shone in the darkness, and the darkness shall not, the darkness will not, the darkness cannot overcome it. If that doesn't fill you with hope, I don't know what does. On the darkest day, a light has shone. And the darkness, no matter how deep it seems to be, cannot overcome it. The third one is one of my favorite lines from the poet Rumi. He says this, where there is ruin, there is hope for treasure. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Where there's ruins in this world, that's where people look for buried treasure. Where there's ruin and rubble in our lives, there's hope for treasure there. So if your life is just a disaster, if it's just a dumpster fire right now and full of rubble, oh, be filled with hope because that's where the treasure's going to come from. And the last one is from the author Shel Silverstein. If you've not re- read Shel Silverstein, especially to your kids, you are totally missing out. Look what he says. This is so great. He says, listen to the mustn'ts, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossible, the won'ts. Listen to the never-haves and then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. Way to preach it, Shell, okay? That just fills me with hope for some reason. It's amazing to me how on our bleakest days, on our worst moments, God will arrange it somehow for you to hear someone, whether they're talking to you or hear it through the words on a book. And whatever you hear, whatever you read, somehow causes hope to rush back into your heart again. So sayings are a great source of hope. The second source of hope I want to mention is people. People are a great source of hope. First of all, the people that can just relate to us bring hope. You've probably had this experience. You're going through an incredibly difficult season in your life. So you finally work up the courage and vulnerability to share what you're going through with a friend. And you go to that friend and say, I'm struggling with such and such right now. Can you just hang out with me for a while? And to your joy or, and your surprise, they say, you're struggling with that? Six months ago, I struggled with the same thing. I can totally relate to you. And not only can I relate to you, I'm going to be here for you throughout all that. I call these people my me too people because hearing someone say me too when you tell them the troubles you're going through is like them throwing a lifeline to you and pulling you into hope because we know we can make it through whatever we're struggling with because they did. Oh, it's such a good source of hope. At other times, people bring hope into our lives simply by their presence. Hope comes through connectedness. 
In survival situations, which I never hope to be in one, okay, I'm not that much of an outdoorsy person, but I've watched shows, and if hypothermia starts to set in, you can actually save your life and someone else's life by snuggling, which would be a dream come true for my wife, okay, if we were in like 24-hour hypothermia states, okay, because we'd snuggle all the time and she would love that, okay, and so, uh, so would I. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, But I'm just saying, you can save each other's life because body heat radiates out of one human body to another person. Hope is the same way. Hope radiates from one person to another. I'm going to show you a picture of some such cool people. They live in Portland. Let's put them on the screen here. This is a picture of some of the members of the Portland Superheroes Coalition. Do you not just love them? You know exactly who I'm talking about. I was actually thinking of you two, okay? They are a group of people that dress up like superheroes, and they spend quite a bit of time on their outfits. Their outfits are good. And they visit different group homes and children's hospitals, and they play with the kids. They interact with the kids. They talk with the kids. They hug the kids. And the hope that is in them radiates out to some kids that are in dire need of it. It radiates out just as fast as body heat would. No wonder the scriptures tell us in the book of Hebrews, do not forsake your gathering together. That's great advice. See, some people think they can, they can skip church and just do all church stuff, all spiritual stuff online. Well, you can do a lot, but you'll miss out on the hope because hope radiates in our group settings, in our hangout times. Oh, so all of us are superheroes of hope, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. The third source of hope is this, Jesus When you read through the gospel accounts of the life of Jesus, the first four books of the New Testament, a lot of things stand out to you. But one of the things that will stand out to you is people were always calling out to him. As he walked from village to village, people would say, Jesus, come and help me. Jesus, come and feed me. Jesus, come and heal me. Jesus, come and have dinner at my house. Whatever. They were always calling out to him. They knew somehow innately that that he was somebody they could put their hope in. So he was their first option, not their last option like he is for some of us. That is why in the book of Titus, Jesus is referred to as the blessed hope. We know we can find hope in him because it's in his actual name. He is called the blessed hope. And here's where the story of the sad snowman comes in. As you know, it snowed here a week ago, okay, quite a little bit, and that pile of snow is going to be in our parking lot till like July, I think. But it snowed, and the snow was really wet, at least in our area of town. It was really heavy and wet, which made it a bummer for snowball fights because it felt like you were getting hit with a brick. But it was really great for building snow forts and snowmen, or not to be sexist, snow people, okay? And we walked around our particular neighborhood, and and the day we were walk, taking a walk, and I, was dry, I drove home and took a walk with my wife, and it was that day when the snow just started to melt, that glorious day, okay, because I don't like snow very much in the valley floor. And it started to melt, and I saw some of the saddest snowmen, okay? One of our neighbors built this classic snowman with the branches and a scarf and a hat, and it had melted into this pile of slush with the hat still on the top of the pile of slush and the scarf wrapped around it. But the best one was our neighbors in the corner of our neighborhood. We should have took a picture and, and posted it on Facebook, my wife's Facebook. But it was facing south. 
and so it was facing towards a lot of the sunshine during the day. And it was a stout snowman. It was like a hefty one. And they built this classic face with the carrot nose and the button eyes and the button smile. And I looked at it and I go, what is wrong with that, that snowman? Its face had melted off. Okay, just the face. The rest of the body was completely intact with the twig arms and everything. But the face had melted off, and I go, oh, Jessica, look. And the face was on the ground. The carrot and the buttons were in place, but it was on the ground. The poor, sad snowman had melted his face off. And I tell you that story. There's a connection here. Okay, it's deeply spiritual, because I want to say this. Hope has a face. It's the face of Jesus. To see Jesus is to see hope, and that hope will never melt away. How's that for a transition for a story, okay? And lastly, yes, I deserve some applause for that. I worked really hard to work that into my sermon today. <laughs> lastly, my last source of hope is a surprising one. Struggle is a source of hope. That seems odd, but it's true. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. Not only so, but we also glory. We rejoice in our sufferings, which sounds sadistic, but it's not. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. So hope comes to us on the other side of suffering. Hope is actually a function of struggle. We don't want to hear that, but it's true. Hope comes to the grinders. Hope comes to the people that keep going despite amazing amounts of trouble in their life, but they just keep plugging through it like the ever-ready bunny. Hope doesn't come to people who try to bunker down and keep themselves safe from all the pain in the world. No. Hope comes to those people who are out there and are willing to be hurt. Hope comes to the hurting. This is important for all of us to hear, but it's especially important for those of you that are parents to hear. Because as soon as you have kids, there's this mama bear instinct in all of us that wants to keep our kids safe from everything. We want to wrap them in emotional and physical bubble wrap until they're, well, forever, actually. So they don't experience any heartache, no pain, no rejection, none of that. Just keep them safe from all hurt. But we find out as much as we want to do that, I can't. And not only I can't, I shan't. And let me tell you why. Because to take our kids away from all forms of adversity and heartache, to fight all of their fights for them, is to actually take them out of the very process that will bring them hope in their lives. Did you catch that, parents? I hope you did, okay? That's so important. So like this verse in Romans says, we can actually rejoice in our sufferings, not because of the pain of the sufferings, but because in the sufferings we know something good is coming, hope is on, the, on its way, and hope never disappoints. I want to read you a quote from the author Martha Beck today. Oh my gosh, I love this. She says, Every time you go into the fire, you come out with a new life, and it's better than before. Now, there's a person that has experienced the hope that it's on the other side of struggle. Now, let's look back. Can we put up Proverbs chapter 13, 12 again? Could we do, put that first verse? Let's go back to this verse. It says, I want you to notice something here. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. 
Notice that this verse references tree of life. Now, some of you, that might be ringing a bell right now because if you've read through the Bible, that phrase, a tree of life, is mentioned in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. It's also mentioned in the last book of the Bible in the book of Revelation. And in the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, Revelation 22, it says in the eternal city there'll be a river of life making its way through the city and on the banks of that river will be a tree of life. And contained in the leaves of that tree are healings for the nation. Now stay with me here. This is when this gets good, okay? So this verse out of Proverbs chapter 13 is actually a very beautiful picture of what God is up to in our lives. Hope will come to us. Sometimes it's deferred. That word deferred means to watch a seed grow. And if those of you that struggle with hopelessness, sometimes waiting for hope, it arrives so slowly in our lives, it's like sitting there watching a seed to sprout. But it will get to you. Know that. Hope can be deferred, but it's never denied. It will arrive in our lives, and when it does, it comes with the ability to heal us from all the awful things we've gone through. How good is that? Does that just not make this one of your favorite verses in the Bible? This is definitely tattoo-worthy, okay, if you're thinking of another one. Now let's move on to the last thing. We are hope, or everyday superheroes. I'm reading a book right now by John Pavlovitz. And he's a blogger and author of some repute. And he talks about this story in his childhood right in the beginning of the book. He was six years old. and He goes, I remember the day when I realized I was not a superhero. He was a big fan of Superman at the time. And he was running around his yard with a little cape around his neck pretending to be Superman. And he came across this, this section of rusted out barbed wire fence. And he goes, for mere mortals, that would be a problem. But for a superhero like me, no problem. So he backed up from the fence. You know where this is going. And he ran towards the fence and he launched himself into the air, fully expecting his superhero powers of flight to take over so he could clear the fence and probably clear the treetops beyond it. That's what was going on in his mind. Well, he fell a little short of that. Actually, he just fell into the fence, okay? And he has this nasty scar on his leg to prove it. Most of us in this room have had a moment of epiphany like that when we think to ourselves, wow, I'm, I'm not a superhero. I am not Spider-Man. I'm not Batman. I'm not Wonder Woman. Thank God I'm not Aquaman, but that's a whole other story. But please hear me today. We might not be superheroes in the classic comic book sense of the word, but we are superheroes nonetheless. We are superheroes of hope. Our world needs us. Our world is full of darkness and despair and heartache and brokenness and sin and all kinds of negativity, okay? People desperately need hope, and we're the people that can give them that hope. We are not placed on this earth at this specific period of time in this specific location on accident. We were born for such a time as this. We are born to be in this specific place right now. God has called us to be here. You're a superhero of hope. And the first step in being a superhero of hope is actually quite simple. Just give a dang, okay? Just care. That's the first step. You'll never be a superhero of hope if you don't care about other people. There are no selfish superheroes, all right? To bring hope, we actually have to practice what is called the art of not looking away. 
We have to actually see people. We have to see their despair. We have to see their difficulties, their trouble, their despair, their anguish, and then have the courage to enter into it. Because that's what superheroes do, right? Superman doesn't see the trouble going on in the city and go, oh, it sucks to be you and just fly away. No, he enters into that pain. And that's what we've got to do. That's the first step. Some people tend to disqualify themselves at this point and think, you know, that's all fine and dandy, Pastor, but I don't have what it takes to be a superhero. And that's simply not true. It's simply not true. When I was growing up as a little kid in the 70s, TV wasn't very good. They just invented color television, and there was no remotes. I was the remote for our family, okay? I had to change the channel all the time. But I came home every day at like 3.30, and I watched the Batman show. Not the cartoon, the real live Batman starring, I don't know, some dude. What's his name? Adam West, yeah, totally. See, some of you watch it too. Okay, Adam West, and he was a full-grown man in spandex. It was not pretty, okay? But there's this one particular episode that's emblazoned in my psyche forever. Batman and his sidekick, Robin, who is a very needy individual in this show, were trying to climb up a rope ladder into a helicopter. They're saving somebody in the helicopter, but it was over a large body of water, probably outside of New York City, some metropolis. And, And the problem was they were being attacked by a giant shark, because sharks love to hang out in the bay right around Manhattan and stuff, right? And there's this giant shark, but Batman being Batman, he, he was not panicking, so he reaches into his tool belt that was around his spandex underwear stuff, and he pulls out shark repellent, because what superhero leaves home without a can of shark repellent for that particular day? And he sprays the shark with shark repellent, and everything works out fine, because it always did, Okay. And I thought about that, and I thought, but that's like us, though. Actually, it sounds corny, but God has given us every tool, every ability, every gift, every gadget we need to connect people to hope by connecting them to Jesus, who is the face of hope. I want to read a scripture out of 1 Corinthians 12 that shows us how Batman-like we actually are. Now, to each one of us, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Okay? To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes to each one, catch that, just as the Spirit determines. Yes, please don't be your own worst critic. Some of you are. Stop being that, because you're actually your own best-kept secret. You might not have used your gifts in your life recently, or you might not even know what your gifts are, and there's a reason for that. That's because you don't discover your gifts till you get in the game, till you start reaching out and giving and caring and loving and listening to people. You pop when you're in the pan. Remember that phrase in your head. You pop when you're in the pan. Maybe you can preach. Maybe you can teach. Maybe you can pray and people are healed. I don't know what gifts you have, okay? I just know that you're gifted because God says that you are, and I believe him because he tells the truth. And some gifts are kind of hidden, but they're super cool. 
My favorite of all superhero movies that come out, and I'm getting a little tired of them, though I haven't seen the recent one that some of you went to Saturday, but I'm getting a little bit tired of them. But I could watch the X-Men movies forever and ever and ever. I just love them. And they're superheroes in the X-Men movies, but they're called mutants, but they're just totally superheroes. And one of them that you don't think is that gifted is named Rogue. Rogue has this ability, when she touches another human, she somehow can absorb their feelings, their emotions, and even their memories. That's what she can do. It's like she has the gift of instant empathy, which is amazing. Now, if she hangs on too long, she can suck the life out of them. So the analogy ends there, okay? But I tell you about her to make a point. Our gifts will be activated only when, first of all, we get in the game and we're actually willing to do what God is calling us to do. And second of all, when we actually connect to other human beings. Just like Rogue has to touch another human for her gift to be activated, we have to touch other people. Our gifts don't operate in isolation. They operate in community. I want to give you a great example of that. There's a woman named Sarah Cunningham, and she's just a normal, average, everyday soccer mom. But for one reason or another, and I don't know why, her heart broke for people in the LGBTQ community. She just had such a burden for them. And so she decided, like a superhero does, to get in the game, to do something about it, to not just ignore it and look the other way. So she got some of the other soccer moms, and they got in a minivan. Of course they did, okay? And they traveled around the United States to various pride events, to gay pride events all across the United States. And they set up shop there, and it was so simple. All they did is they walked around and gave what they called free mom hugs, which are way better than just normal free hugs, because free mom hugs have a superpower to them. And she just hugged these people that have experienced so much rejection and various types of abuse in their life, and her hugs healed them on a deep level. It was so beautiful. Who knows what all of us will do? I don't know. I just know that when we get in the game and when we connect to people, our gifts will be activated, and I can't wait to watch that in all of us.